people have a hard time seeing the value and searching for meaning. Some people think, well, what, what's the point in thinking about this stuff? And um, you know, I think those are the people that are probably more interested in, in the destination than the journey. Mass But tourism. How would you measure someone's success in ex experiencing life? Well, su success is subjective, but success in experiencing life. How do you experience su success in, in life first? To some people is money, to some people is like feeling accomplished. Success in experiencing life. I, I never thought about measuring that. It's entirely up to you. I'll give you a couple hypotheticals, right? So let's say there's somebody who, um, you know, they, they want to search for the unknown. Um, they, want to, they want to experience life. They travel all over the world. They see all kinds of things. They meet all kinds of people, right? Um, then let's say there's somebody else and they live in the same town they were born in and you know they do the same thing each day. Um, but let's say they both derive the same amount of pleasure out of life. Do you think one would be more successful than the other or would you say that it's basically individualistic? Absolutely individualistic. In relationships, It happened to me that I developed a much stronger connection with somebody who I knew for just like two days compared to somebody I've been together for um, three years. This is kind of the same. Like it doesn't matter how far and wide you travel or how many new things you try. It, it, it's all about drive and also it's about the how rather than the what it's about the approach you can live in your in your house your whole life but every single action that you do you try to understand it deeper and deeper or you can travel and be a tourist and and and, and have less experiences than that person living in his house in the, his whole life yeah exactly i think that that's that's right on you have a priori and a posteriori knowledge. Knowledge gained through thinking and knowledge gained through experiencing. And one isn't necessarily considered superior to the other. I think that the point is is that you you have you have gained some kind of insight, some kind of knowledge. You lived in such a way um, that you feel as if you've accomplished something, right? And so, you know, some people are physical explorers, physical adventurers. Some people are explorers or adventurers um, in their mind, philosophers, right? That sort of thing. Um, and some people, like you said, could travel all over the world and do all these different things and not actually ever really experience what they're doing, right? So humans are, are fascinating creatures because you have all of these complex interactions and um, it's really very individualistic how the human experience and goes and and how they how they make meaning of it is there a difference between science and philosophy when explaining things beyond human comprehension do you think i thought there was and then it was brought to my attention that science and philosophy need to converge in order to allow each other to advance philosophy has some practical limitation and science has limitations that are uh, bound to what we already know. So without philosophy, without the ability of thinking critically and, and hypothesize new theories, 
science wouldn't know what to search for. And on the other end, without science, philosophy cannot advance because everything would just stay an hypothesis. So they both work in a synergic way. You know, philosophy is, is the foundation of science, like you said. So, you know, you, you come up with a hypothesis, um, but like you said, it's not enough to come up with hypotheses. You have to go out and you have to test them. Um, and then after you test them, this is the thing that frustrates some people is that with science, um, people like to think that the science is the be all end all, that it's, that it's answers, right? Um, but really, science is mostly in the business of disproving false things and setting up working frameworks for things. But science really doesn't find many answers either. Science has always changed, right? We, we've gone through the pandemic over the past year and a half, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of anti-vaxxers and, and conspiracy theorists say, oh, well, look, you know, at first they were saying that, you know, it could spread through this, and now they're saying they can't, and then they're saying you should keep this much distance, and now they're saying this. And so the scientists don't know what they're talking about, right? Well, it's not that the scientists don't know what they're talking about. It's that they're learning about it as it's happening, and they're refining their frameworks. So... You know, is are, and if you look at cosmology, right, um, that's been kind of the same way. You d we developed this whole idea of how, what the universe looks like, how it works, and then repeatedly throughout the course of history, we come to a point where we say, oh, this actually doesn't work, and we have to tear it down and start over again. Um, so that's the thing is, you know, people think of science as being an infallible thing, but really all it is is a framework, right? You're just trying to disprove certain things. And then after you disprove something, develop something that, that makes good predictions. Um, and then once you develop something that makes good predictions, the more you can refine it, the more accurate it's going to be. But you're never going to fully have answers. So as a result, you're go always going to have philosophy beyond that. Once you can no longer have answers, you're going to start making new hypotheses. And making a new hypothesis um, to me is inherently philosophical, right? Because you can have all the data points, you can have all of the evidence, you can have all these things, but they don't really mean anything unless you uh, synthesize the information in your head and try to make meaning out of it. Okay.